Welcome to episode four of Listen, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Molly Doyle. And I'm Jasmine Doyle. I'm really excited about our episode today. We have decided to discuss the concept of everybody lives and the different everybody lives moments that can be found throughout the series of Doctor Who. I think this is going to be so much fun and really interesting to delve into. Jazzy, this was your idea. So do you want to explain a little bit what we're what we mean when we're talking about an everybody lives moment? Yeah. So obviously most people, when you say an everybody lives moment, you'd think of the original iconic everybody lives moment, which is in series one, the episode The Doctor Dances, where the ninth doctor at the end of the episode has a save the day moment and he has his amazing speech where he says Everybody lives, Rose. Just this once. Everybody lives. So it's a really powerful, uplifting moment. It's really iconic and people remember it. And basically, in doing our other podcasts, the last few episodes, we realised a few more moments where we were like, hey, that's also an Everybody Lives yeah. moment. Whether it's a similar thing happening or just the kind of similar... What word am I looking for? I guess the kind of vibe. The vibe of the moment matching the yeah. that moment. And through thinking about it, we can think of even more. And some of them are quite different, mm. but could still be classed as we think everybody lives moments. So we thought it would be really fun to go through and compare and contrast the different moments which we found. Yeah, definitely. And we found quite a few. I think we maybe have about 12 or something. And we've tried our best to sort of group these. So we've got some that we think link together and then we'll move on to different kinds of Everybody Lives moments. And like you said, Jade, some of them maybe you wouldn't expect, but when you think about them closely, you're like, oh wait, that is similar. And then others on the surface maybe seem similar, but the actual underlying message of it all is different. I think this is gonna be so good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. So shall we start by talking about the very first moment which I just mentioned um, in The Doctor Dances? Do you have anything to say about that moment, Molly? Yeah, I mean, like you said, this is the origin of it all. This is where we begin. This is where we get the idea of the Everybody Lives moment. I mean, I just love this. I think it's such an iconic moment from an iconic episode. And when I was watching the clip to refresh my memory on this, it just struck me I think it's fantastic on two counts because within the bounds of the story, it's so clever. Like it's everything about this two-parter is just outstanding. You know, all of the elements, the historical element, the alien element, the human element. And this scene is just such a clever, perfect culmination of the whole story. It wraps up so cleverly. Like the way they resolve it, I think it's so smart and unexpected. Yeah, unexpected completely. The nanogenes are such a clever, simple little alien. Because when you think about how the monsters in the episode aren't actually evil. No. They're just trying to heal people. That's what they think they're doing. They think they're healing. And the fact that it's so clever that when his actual mother finally hugs him, they realise that that's not what humans should be like. He should be like his genetic code from his mother. I think that's so smart. Yeah, and you kind of have the dual... You kind of have like a double 
effect like you have the child hugging the mother and that's so wonderful and he they take off his mask and oh it's a little child he's back but then you have the doctor he says emailing the upgrade to all the others what are you doing software patch gonna email the upgrade you want moves rose i'll give you moves And that is when everybody lives. Yeah. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this once. Everybody lives. Because even when they're just saving the one child, that's moving. It's so moving. When she finally accepts that she's his mother in that moment. And when he's like, give me a day like today. I love that. Yeah. Oh, Oh, come on. Give me a day like this. Give me this one. It's so good. But then when he throws it all forward and everybody lives, it's just so great. Because I guess that's probably the first time in that series that everybody lives. Yeah, completely. There's always some casualty. But in that moment, I mean, it is in the middle of the Blitz, so... (laughs) But I think that is part of what makes it so yeah, great. Yeah, that's true. It's like the contrast of that. Completely. The context of World War II, which had so much when everyone's suffering. Everyone's dying and all this suffering there yeah. and so much pain, but then everybody in this situation gets to live. Yeah. And I think, I think a big part of the reason why this is one of my absolute favourite moments is because <laughs> of Christopher Eccleston's performance. Yeah. It's magnificent. He's I love so it. He's so good. I, yeah, he's such a great dog. This reminds me of why he's such a great doctor. Yeah. Like, when I think about moments like this, I'm like, oh, the ninth Doctor Man is just one of the best. He really moments is. moments like that that really stand out. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to say about this episode mm-hmm. is not only is it incredible in the context of that episode, I think it kind of transcends the specificities of the episode. And I think it's just such a perfect example of who the Doctor is, why he does mm-hmm. what he does, and why all the danger, all the suffering, all the heartbreak, all the bad stuff is worth it. And I think yeah. that is where you see the essence of everybody lives. That's so true. And that's what carries through, and that's what ties Especially it to all the other moments. coming from this Doctor, who's quite fresh out of a horrible war where he's just committed genocide of his own kind, and yeah. everybody's died. This is probably one of the first times where he's everybody's lived, and he's managed to heal them. Like a doctor. Yeah. Which is exactly what his promise is. Yeah, I think you're completely right. I think coming from this doctor makes makes the impact greater yeah. than perhaps it would have been from, from another. And I think we'll come back to this time and again through these moments. This idea of being the doctor, being a healer, being someone who cures, yeah. being someone who helps people, who Never saves cruel people. Never cowardly. Exactly. So I think it all... Th- not starts here because obviously this is who he was before this moment yeah but this moment just shines a light on this aspect of the doctor it does doesn't it and it's so great what a great moment it really is yeah okay let's move on to our second moment then which is in the forest of the dead which is when the doctor saves river now we did talk about this last time because that whole episode was about River Song but I think we can talk about it again because it's just so great so Jazz what do you think about this one? I love this as well I think this is also a very like quintessential everybody lives 
moment. Yeah. Should we explain what it is briefly? So basically what happens is River has just sacrificed herself. She's dead. All the people have come back from the, who've been uploaded into the library system have come back to the library and they're all living, but River herself has died. The doctor is leaving and they're all about to walk away when he suddenly runs back and realises, hang on a minute, I gave him my screwdriver, why would I have done that? And then he realises that him in the future has made a way for him to be able to upload River to the system and live in the computer. And it's a such a exciting moment when Ten like runs back down towards the screwdriver. Why would I give him my screwdriver? Why would I do that? Thing is, future me and she has to think about it. Although she has to think of a way to save her. And what he did was give her a screwdriver. Why would I do that? Look at that! I'm very good! What have you done? Saved her. That is so good. And has that realisation. And her little speech as they walk away, and you think it's kind of... She's saying, like, everybody knows that everybody dies, and she's doing that, and you think this is just, like, her... Yeah. ...speaking about how her death, but then not every day. I know. Not today. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Everybody knows that everybody dies. But not every day. Not today. And also, it's not just River who is that everybody lives, it's also the other members of her team. Yeah, that's so Who also true. get uploaded into this machine. So it really is an everybody lives. Yeah, it's not just one person, it's everybody. And I think this is is the other one that is like a real true kind of everybody lives moment. You can't deny that it is. Yeah. Now and then, every once in a very long while, every day in a million days when the wind stands fair and the doctor comes to call. Everybody lives. And it's interesting in that it's also written by Stephen Moffat. I also was going to say that, Mm. yeah. And it also closes a fantastic two-parter. I don't know if that's a theme, but these two are great. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. And I, what is it that, oh yeah, she says that everybody knows that everybody dies and nobody knows it like the doctor. Everybody knows that everybody dies and nobody knows it like the doctor. I do think that all the skies of all the worlds might just turn dark if he ever, for one moment, accepts it. That's kind of the nature of the everybody lives moment, isn't it? Because it's the fact that it's the he doctor refusing. Just let die. Yeah, he's like saying, "No, I will change this myself." And sometimes, as we'll see later on, he kind of gets a bit godlike in his like, "I am the Lord of Time. I can do yeah. what I want." Which we'll come on to. <laughs> yeah, which isn't always good. <laughs> yeah. But in these types of situations, that's what he's doing. He's making that decision to be like, no, not everyone's going to die today. I'm yeah, gonna... I'm going to make a stand. It actually reminds me of that quote in Passing of the Ways when Rose has been sent back to Earth and she's like, this oh. isn't what the doctor do. You you make a stand, you say no. Yeah, that's true actually. I don't know, it just came into my mind. Yeah. It's the doctor choosing to yeah. go against the rules. And... One thing I was going to say about this one is mm-hmm. I love it. I don't know if I love it as much as The Doctor Dances. I love them both. They're different, though. This one, 
I don't know, the one in The Doctor Dances to me feels kind of more spontaneous. It's kind of the Doctor experiencing the joy of the moment of, oh my gosh, just this once, give me this day. Whereas this is like a voiceover, like a speech, a planned kind of poem basically at the end. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it's River talking about the Doctor rather than the Doctor just exclaiming. Having a spontaneous moment. But then I suppose you get that from him realising the screwdriver and sprinting down he's like one last round come on river yeah and he's like i saved her (laughs) yeah Yeah. no it's true and i think i don't know i think this one if you think of it on top of the one we've just had it really Mm. cements this idea of everybody lives as being intrinsic to who the doctor is it is and she knows him better than probably anybody yeah that's true powerful stuff yeah and one thing i wanted to say about this one that I've noticed in lots of them is the music does wonders for oh. enhancing these moments. Murray Gold, man. Murray Gold. What a legend. <laughs> what a legend indeed. It's so good. And then the final thing I had to say about this one, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but again, I just want to say like kudos to the actor. Like Alex Kingston mm. delivers the speech so brilliantly. She really And it does. really makes the moment. Yeah, she's an amazing actress. Yeah. Shall we discuss our next one? Yeah. The next episode, which we thought is also a very kind of clear everybody lives moment, is in series two in the opening episode, New Earth, where at the end, the doctor cures all these people who had infected with all these diseases. And instead of killing them to save everyone else, he concocts a cocktail of medicines and brings it down and then spreads this like the healing rather than killing and that's kind of the moment yeah so so this moment i think i think we can both admit that it's not as great a moment as the first no it doesn't have the same like gravitas no exactly not the same power but it is it does again kind of really show who the doctor is and definitely cassandra's like did you kill them all did you kill them all of them No. That's your way of doing things. I'm the doctor and I cured them. Yeah, I'm the doctor and I cured them. And he also says another little quote I wrote down. He says, the doctor is in. (laughs) I also wrote that down. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this has some cool moments. We talked about it in our first episode of the yeah, podcast, sliding down the lift shaft. I and love that. One thing that I noticed about this one is I was struck by how David Tennant's depiction of the Doctor in this moment, of his joy, kind of mirrors what Christopher Eccleston does in yeah, The Doctor Dances. He's true. just so happy and, and so like excited. Yeah. And his excitement that, oh, he's cured them and it's this new... A new race of people. Yeah. It's a new subspecies, Cassandra. A brand new form of life. New humans, look at them, look! Grown by cats, kept in the dark, fed by tubes, but completely, completely alive! You can't deny them, because you helped create them. The human race just keeps on going, keeps on changing. Life will out! It's a good moment. Anything else to say about this one? Don't have much to say about that one. No, I don't think there is. I like it. I like it too. It is a good moment. It fits in the canon, you know? Yeah, but it's not quite as iconic. No. As perhaps some of the other ones. 
The next one that we thought we'd discuss is from The Beast Below. Now this is when at the end of the episode, the Doctor and I suppose the others, Liz Ten and the other characters involved in the scene have this choice to make between killing the star... No, that's not the choice. What is the choice? So basically the choice that they have to make is whether to... So for years and years, the star whale's been powering the ship and they've been torturing it and keeping it there in order to keep everyone alive. So they're deciding whether to basically keep that happening or free the star whale and let all the people die. And what the doctor is going to do is he's going to basically make the star whale brain dead so it doesn't endure any suffering, but keeps the ship going so all the people are alive. And what ends up happening is Amy makes a stand and decides to release the star whale. Doctor, stop. Whatever you're doing, stop it now. Sorry, Your Majesty. Gonna need a hand. Wait, stop! Because she has this feeling that the star whale is a kind creature and will stay there to keep the children alive, basically. She's the one who makes the stand rather than the Doctor in this situation. Yep, and that's what I took away as the main thing from this moment, which, unlike the first two, where it's the Doctor saves the day, this is Amy. It's power to the companions, and we see that again in the next few. I think we'll come up against it. Yeah, she sees something the Doctor doesn't see. The reason she has that kind of epiphany is because she sees the link between the Doctor and the Star Whale. Yeah. The Star Whale didn't come like a miracle all those years ago. It volunteered. You didn't have to trap it or or torture it. That was all just you. It came because it couldn't stand to watch your children cry. What if you were really old and really kind and alone? Your whole race dead, no future. What couldn't you do then? If you were that old and that kind, and the very last of your kind, you couldn't just stand there and watch children cry being very old and very kind and can't bear to see children cry yeah which that idea you know of her her description of the star whale which is also her description of the doctor yeah feeds into this myth the law the essence of the doctor who he is alongside being someone that saves everyone this is part and parcel of it yeah and i really like the quote she says she says all that pain and misery and loneliness and it just made it kind amazing though don't you think Star Wheel. All that pain and misery. And loneliness. And it just made it kind. It's like yeah. the doctor being through so much pain and being alone and it just time and time again he's always just chooses to be kind. Yeah, and I think the important thing is that it's a choice. It's not just passively who he is you know he's kind because he chooses to be and Amy this moment is all about difficult choices for everybody Mm, it really is it's not so joyous as some of the previous moments it's more complex though everybody does live you've got these undertones of the fact that you know Liz Ted and her people were choosing to torture the star whale the doctor was going to essentially not kill but like you said make brain dead the star whale and Amy although she did make the right call she did risk killing everybody on the ship yeah because he says that he said you could have killed everyone and she said you could have killed the star whale yeah Amy you could have killed everyone on this ship 
She could have killed a star whale. It's true, she took that risk, but it, I think it's a really moving moment. It is a moving moment. Yeah. It is. So, the next one, really great episode, and many moments, which we kind of think are involved as everyone yeah. lives moments, is the Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary special. Yes, what an iconic episode. So iconic. And there's a few moments which we were kind of classes that they all kind of run into each they other. They do, they but do. But I suppose the first moment we think of is when the three doctors are standing with the moment ready to basically kill all their people to end this horrible war. And then there's a decision made. Clara is the one who's like, something's wrong. This isn't you. Yeah. And they make that decision to save the day, essentially. Yeah. And like Amy in The Beast Below, it's Clara. She's the one that plays this key role. She reminds the Doctor who he is. She reminds him what he stands for. She says to him, like, he's basically kind of resigned to the fact that yeah. he has to... And they think they're doing the right thing. They do. As he did with the Star Whale, because yeah. I think that's the only thing that's left to do. Yeah. And I think this line that Clara says when he says, what do I do? She says, what you've always done, be a doctor. There isn't another way, there never was. Either I destroy my own people or let the universe burn. Look at you. The three of you. The warrior, the hero. And you. And what am I? Have you really forgotten? Yes. Maybe, yes. We've got enough warriors. And the old idiot can be a hero. Then what do I do? What you've always done. And then they talk about this promise, which is also another thing that's just intrinsic to the Doctor. It's his moral code. You told me the name you chose was a promise. What was the promise? Never cruel or cowardly. Never give up. Never give in. I think... The thing I love about this part is when Clara's said that, when the Doctor's been reminded of who he is, when he's realised, what happens next? The light gets brighter. The music kicks in, which is the shepherd's boy. They're like, the shepherd's boy, I know. I can't believe it's the shepherd's boy. But it's just a really joyous moment. It's a joyous moment of the plan coming together and everybody is getting excited. It's the Doctor. this time there's three of us. Gentlemen, I have had 400 years think about this I changed my mind there's still a billion billion Daleks up there attacking yeah there is there is but there's something those billion billion Daleks don't know because if they did they'd probably send for reinforcements what what don't they know <laughs> this time there's three of us oh oh Yes, that is good. That is brilliant. Oh, 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 I'm getting that too. That is brilliant. Ha, ha, ha. 
I've been thinking about it for centuries. She didn't just show me any old future. She told me exactly the future I needed to see. Now you're getting it. Hey. Oh, what, what a Whoa. good moment. And Clara's there too. And Rose, or as the moment, the, those two are involved as well. And yeah. everybody is just... You just get a sense of the stakes, not the stakes of rising, but the excitement is rising. The plan is coming yeah. into place. And it's because the doctor has realized through Clara who he is and what he needs to yeah. do and who he's always been, you know? Yeah. I'd say, again, like the other kind of moments, it's where they've been choosing between kind of two really bad outcomes. Yeah. He's like, do we let this war go on? Do we kill everyone? Trying to decide, it's like, do we kill the Star Whale, let all the people die? Do I bomb people in um, yeah. The Empty Child, whatever? And it's all that choosing between two things and then coming in with a brilliant new plan. That seems to be the theme through these. <laughs> exactly, it's, it's so good. And then this leads on into kind of what's our second oh, moment within the Day of the Doctor, so which is... Iconic. It's I so iconic. this moment. So we've got Eleven, Ten, and the War Doctor, obviously. They've come up with their plan. You're now seeing the, the Time Lord High Council. You're in the midst of the war. The Daleks are firing. Yeah. And they all come together, not just the three of them, but with all the Doctors from yeah. the classic series. The quote that when the Time Lord is like, the calculations alone would take hundreds of years. It's delusional. The calculations alone would take hundreds of years oh hundreds and hundreds but don't worry i started a very long time ago calling the war council of gallifrey this is the doctor you might say i've been doing this all my lives we're done stand by ready commencing calculation send me there across the boundaries that divide one universe from another Got to lock onto his coordinates and for my next trick I didn't know when I was well off. All 12 of them. No, sir. Ah! All 13! And then we see these clips of all of them, and then... No, sir. All, all 13. 13. Oh! <laughs> we <laughs> love so that. so good. So all the doctors are there. It really is such a, like, coming together moment. It's these moments in Doctor Who that make me so happy. When it's yes. like they really acknowledge all the the legacy that came before it. It's like it's the same show it always has been. Yeah, all these doctors coming together. It's all linked. It's all powerful and joyous and great. Yeah, no, so true. And I wanted to highlight a quote from that part, which is when the general of the Time Lords or whatever says, "Like, why would you do such a thing?" Because they've come up with their plan and their plan. Oh, I didn't say this in the previous moment when they're in the barn. Mm-hmm. This is what their plan is. Clara says, where would Gallifrey be? And they say, frozen, frozen in an instant of time, safe and hidden away, exactly like a painting. painting. And that's the plan. We should have said that. (laughs) That's what they're going to do. (laughs) They're going to trap Gallifrey, freeze it in a moment of time. And the Daleks will annihilate each other. Exactly. And then back when we're in with the Time Lords, the General says, why would you do such a thing? Even if that were possible, which it isn't. Why would you do such a thing? Because the alternative is burning. And I've seen that. And I never want to see it again. We'd be lost in another universe. Frozen in a single moment. We'd have nothing. You would have hope. And right now, that is exactly what you don't have. And hope is what the Doctor does. Yeah, it really is. He's 
really choosing to be a doctor in this moment. And again, it's the children crying. He sees the children of Gallifrey and that seems to really spur the doctor on. Yeah. To like save children crying. Always moves him. It moves him. You're right. It drives him to do the right thing. And they're all coming together. And then the war doctor is like, Gallifrey stands. Okay. Gentlemen, we're ready. God's sake, Gallifrey stands! That is basically everybody lives because yeah. Gallifrey stands rather than falls. Yeah, and then they kind of come to that again back in the gallery when the curator comes out to have a chat, which is basically Tom Baker. The fourth doctor. Yeah, so that's kind of our last moment in this trilogy of three moments. You were curious about this painting, I think. I acquired it in remarkable circumstances. What do you make of the title? Which title this too? No more. Or Gallifrey Falls. Oh, you see, that's where everybody's wrong. It's all one title. Gallifrey Falls No More. What would you think that means? The Gallifrey didn't fall. It worked. It's still out there. I'm only a humble curator. I'm sure I wouldn't doubt. Then where is it? Where is it indeed? Lost. Perhaps things do get lost, you know. And I really love his voice in that moment. I don't know how weird, but he goes like, no more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very like deep and powerful. Very cool. Um, I really like the acting in that moment too. I love it too. And then, then, I mean, he explains, you know, he reveals the truth of the title and then Eleven has this realization, Gallifrey didn't fall, it worked, it's still out there. And this is kind of, yes, this really is an everybody lives moment. Yeah. Because now we know for sure, Gallifrey falls no more, you know? Yeah, Gallifrey stands. Great. It really is great. Very, very cool. What an episode. What an episode. And this episode, I think, we've grouped this together with another one. Yeah, which is less of an Everybody Lives moment, though, when you think about it. It is. I realised that when I was watching it. Yeah. So this one is from Journey's End. Obviously, this was the culmination of Series 4. It was a huge final two-parter. You have all Mm -hmm. these companions coming back, and the stakes are so high. It's the end of the universe. Davros is going to detonate the reality bomb and destroy everything. And then you kind of have this moment where Donna saves the day, you know, because she's become the Dr. Donna, this part human, part Time Lord. She's got all the she's got the doctor's mind but with that dash of human that's going to allow her to Mm -hmm. think outside the box and because of what she does they're able to send all the planets back home um and i think that kind of is a it's similar in a way to what we've just seen in day of the doctor they're saving a whole planet and i do like that moment where they're flipping all the switches and they're like off you go adipose three (laughs) the last moon of poosh you know and reverse Go, Clom. Back home, out of post three. Shall I go talk to Pyravelia? And the last moon of push. Sorry. 
That is a very good moment. And then, obviously, we absolutely love when they get into the TARDIS and fly the Earth back home. Sarah, you lot. Sarah, hold that now. Mickey, you hold that. Because you know why this TARDIS is always rattling about the place? Rose, that, there. It's designed to have six pilots, and I have to do it single-handed. Well, fact, keep that level, but not anymore. Jack, there you go, steady that. Now we can fly this thing. No, Jackie, no, no, not you. Don't touch anything, just stand back. Like it's meant to be flown. We've got the Torchwood Rift looped around the TARDIS by Mr. Smith. We're going to fly planet Earth back home. Right then, off we go. And that, like, radiates the, like, joy of an Everybody Lives moment. Even if it's not necessarily yeah. an Everybody Lives moment, it has that kind of coming together and joy and happiness and everyone working together and cheering and laughing and yeah. all that. But then when you think about it, the Mesh Crisis Doctor did just commit genocide. Yeah, two he did. Earlier. <laughs> so he did. It's not so not cheery. Quite everybody Lives. Yes. But that moment is so moving. It when is. they're all flying. Like, I watched it earlier and I cried. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh. And they're saying, you know, this is how the TARDIS is meant to be flown. We're going to fly oh. planet Earth back home. The music, Song, Song of Freedom. Of freedom. <laughs> so <gold>. good. <laughs> I think it's probably the most feel-good, uplifting moment perhaps the show has done. Day of the Doctor rivals Ah, uh, it does, it does, yeah. But it is definitely one of them. It's just so nice to see everyone. It really is. Around the TARDIS, like it's meant to be flown. But like you say, it is tinged by this like, oh, you know, like you said, the Metacrisis Doctor has committed genocide. Davros calls him destroyer of the world or whatever. (laughs) And people have already died, I think. They have. There was already random people being exterminated in the streets. So it's not really an everybody knows moment. But that that moment in the TARDIS does have the same energy to me completely but not quite an everybody lives moment yeah any more to say on that more no nothing more to say on that one i think this brings us to our next group which i'm really interested to talk about because Mm. this is kind of where we can start to pick apart even more what everybody lives means and maybe sometimes when it doesn't apply or how it applies differently so the first one we have here is the fires of Pompeii do you want to talk about that one yeah I mean very clearly this isn't an everybody lives moment in the sense that many many people are dying but essentially what happens is the doctor obviously knows this is a point in time where this whole city was burned by a volcano erupting so He's ready to leave them behind. It's a fixed point. He can't do anything about it. And Donna, again, is like, be a doctor. You've got to just do something. Just save someone. So he makes a stand. And it's that that's the moment that, although not everybody lives, is that decision to save someone when it's certain death and he's choosing to save someone. Yeah. And he goes out and saves this one family. Come with me. I think it shows that sometimes the Doctor is powerless, sometimes he can't save everybody, it can't be an everybody lives moment, but the importance comes from the fact that 
he can save one or two people. Yeah. You can't always be an everybody lives moment, but you can always try to just do what you can and save someone. Yeah. And I mean, Donna is the one that does this. Without Donna, he yeah. wouldn't have gone back and saved them. Because he, he even says everyone dies it's yeah like he opposite. does he's like he's like history's back in place and everyone dies yeah um which is the opposite but she's like no you can't do this you can't just leave them don't you think i've done enough history's back in place and everyone dies you've got to go back doctor i'm telling you take this thing back <laughs> reminds him who he is she barely yeah. even knows him but she <laughs> she just gives him that drive to yeah, yeah. do you realize that it's like it's similar to the beast below this is the first adventure yeah true they don't know the doctor but they know him enough that they can make this court i guess that's that's the foundations of his character that's yeah you barely know him but you know that's you know he's a doctor and what he does yeah and that's what's important to his character Exactly. Yeah. And then I think this moment becomes even more significant when mm. you come to the girl who died. Yeah. Um, which, should we discuss that one next? Yeah. So in The Girl Who Died, essentially they save the day from these monsters and this one girl, Ashilda, ends up dying just of like heart collapse or whatever yeah she's given herself to the cause and yeah she's been sacrificed you know and she's a casualty of the event yeah and the doctor's really hit by this and he's like so tired of losing i'm so sick of losing you didn't lose you saved the town i don't mean the war I'll lose anywhere you like. Sick of losing people. And he sees his reflection and is hit by this realisation of why he has that face that he has. And basically the reason is a reminder because he, Peter Capaldi, also played Caecilius in yeah. the Fires of Pompeii. So by having that face, it's to remind him to save people be a doctor don't let people die make a stand and he has that decision where he's like i'm in control i will go and do this and he says what does he say i'm the doctor and i save people i know what i got this face and i know what it's for okay what's it for to remind me to hold me to the mark i'm the doctor and i save people and if anyone happens to be listening and you've got any kind of a problem with that, to hell with you! And it's this 
he's kind of transforming his angst because he's very angsty and angry, kind of similar to in the fires of Pompeii. You know, he can't. Yeah. She's died. He can't do anything about it. He can't it. do anything about it, but then he chooses to. And I think yeah. we actually get flashbacks to both Deep Breath, which is the first time he's kind of seen yeah. his face, and the fires of Pompeii. And I think yeah. that the, the show doesn't often do flashbacks. No, very rarely do they do flashbacks. But it was really cool. Yeah. I don't think we expected that in that episode. No. To have, a, to have that kind of moment of, I don't know, intense reflection. Yeah, completely. The past. And I think it's very powerful. And yet, as heroic as this moment is, and as, yeah, I'm making a choice, I'm making a stand, I'm going to do the right thing, we then later question, is it the right thing? It has repercussions, you know? Yeah, because the Doctor can sometimes get a bit too, almost like having a god complex, where he thinks, I'm in control, it doesn't matter, no repercussions, this is... I get to choose who lives and who dies. Yeah. And this is one of those moments where he is doing it out of kindness, I think, yeah, to save I this think girl. So. But there are repercussions. Yeah, there's consequences as a result of him defying yeah. the rules. And he does actually say something to that end in this episode. He says, I was angry. I was emotional. Just possibly I've made a terrible mistake. And then if we look at Ashilda, I don't know, what do you think about how she then progresses through the series? Well, she clearly is quite scarred by this life Mm. she then has to lead. All her diaries and sadness she seems to carry with her when we see her later on. I suppose it is a bit of a curse to live forever and that's what the doctor gives her and then she becomes so powerful and she is in a large part responsible for clara's death yeah you know she is so it may have been the wrong decision but perhaps not so much as another episode which we thought isn't on this theme which is the waters of mars which is where the Doctor really does use this quite negatively. Yeah. So this episode is one of the best episodes. It's the standalone after series four in David Tennant's last few episodes. It tells the story of the first Earth mission to Mars and the first base, Bowie Base One. Mm -hmm. And this is like the fires of Pompeii in that it's a fixed event in time. Obviously to us... This is a fictional future, you know, it hasn't But they happened. establish it through these newspaper articles of these people all being on this base and dying on this yeah. day that the Doctor shows up. And he, at the beginning of the episode, is like, I can't be here, I need to leave, I need to just let these people die because it's such a fixed event. And yeah. near the end of the episode, he's walking away, he's leaving them to die. He's told her, Adelaide Brooke, that she has yeah. to die in order for her grandchildren to be inspired and fly out to the distant stars and he has this sudden realization that no he doesn't need to let this be a fixed point he can make a stand he can change things and he decides to go back and save them there are laws of time once upon a time there were people in charge of those laws but they died they all died do you know who that leaves me it's taken me all these years to realize the laws of time are mine and they will obey me and I think he starts to get very kind of 
power hungry in this Completely. moment. Completely. I'm the Time Lord Victorious. I don't have to answer to anyone. For a long time now, I thought I was just a survivor, but I'm not. I'm the winner. That's who I am. The Time Lord Victorious. Because even Adelaide is like, you can't do this. And she's yeah. like, tough. Almost masterish, I think. I think you're right. Because he does that. Where in, in Last of the Time Lords, he's like, tough. Yeah, I haven't made that connection, but I think you're so mm. right. His conversation with Adelaide at the end is so interesting and so powerful. This is wrong, Doctor. I don't care who you are. The Time Lord Victorious is wrong. That's for me to decide. She yeah. is such an incredible character, you know. She really is. So interesting and complex. Yeah. And she makes this stand against his stand she does. to try yeah. and restore things um, by killing herself. She says to him, this is wrong, Doctor. I don't care who you are. The Time Lord Victorious is wrong. She says something yeah. like, no one should have this much power. And she's so right. Yeah. And I think the Doctor, like you said, it's just he's going too far with it. He actually says, yeah. the laws of time are mine and they will obey yeah. me. <laughs> like, See, I know. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. He says a lot about like, I'm a winner. And, he, and I think that's the point where he's no longer doing this to be kind and never cruel or cowardly. He's doing it because he's suddenly become aware of the fact that yeah. he's the one in control. And I think that all stems from the fact that he is running from death himself. Yep. The four knocks. The four knocks. And he gets those three knocks and he says, three knocks, all you're getting. Yeah. And he, because he's running from death, he's he doesn't want to die. Of course, he doesn't want to go. He is using this as a way to be like, well, if I can stop them dying, then I can stop me dying. I can keep running. But he then, this essentially leads to his death. It takes it too far. And he realises that at the end of this episode. Yeah, I think this episode, these moments in this episode really show the dark side of Everybody yeah, Lives. Exactly. You can't always make everybody live. You can't always make no. one person live because you know yeah. the power that comes with that sometimes it's fantastic but sometimes it's devastating very interesting very interesting another kind of everybody lives moment are the ones where time is rewritten time is reversed and in that sense everybody lives because this terrible thing has never happened but it's maybe not all positive and we've got two episodes that we thought, two moments from two different episodes yeah. that we thought fell into that. Do you want to talk about those? Yeah. So one of them is The Last of the Time Lords, the finale of series three, where essentially the master has this year of killing off countries and living in this horrible dystopia that he's caused. And he's just happily in his ship. And at the end, they basically turn back time. So that year didn't happen, except the people on this ship who are at the eye of the storm still lived it and remember it. So basically everybody does live in this situation, but it's really scarring for Martha's family and Martha who had to deal with that and all the things that still happened, even if they didn't happen in their universe. Yeah, so it's got repercussions in a different way to The Waters of Mars and The Girl Who Died, but it's still very important. And you know, the impact on Martha's family 
it's a huge part of the reason why she chose to leave the TARDIS. So it's yeah. obviously important. Yeah. I think there's some interesting quotes that maybe we can put in here of, mm-hmm. you know, the doctor's explaining that time's reversing. And Francine's like, but I can remember it. Everything back to normal. Planet Earth restored. None of it happened. The rocket, the terror, it never was. What about the spheres? Trapped at the end of the universe. But I can remember it. We're at the eye of the storm. The only ones who'll ever know. And then, perhaps more significantly, when they have the master left, Martha's family and Jack together are sort of like, what should we do with him? And they're they're contemplating killing him. So, what do we do with this one? We kill him. We execute him. No, that's not the solution. Oh, I think so. Because all those things, they still happened because of him. I saw them. Yeah, I suppose it doesn't have so much of a moment as the others Mm. do, where it's like, ah, great decision, let's all celebrate. And it's kind of a, just ends it on a kind of, darker note where it's like yeah we're still left to deal with this yeah it's like we're left to pick up the pieces yeah i just can't yeah spent all these years training to be a doctor now i've got people to look after they saw half the planet slaughtered and they're devastated i can't leave them of course not the doctor gets to swan off on his adventures yeah the little people are left behind. Exactly. And that probably happens more than we think. Yeah. Because we always follow the Doctor. We see him jumping from adventure to adventure. Exactly. But there's always these people left behind picking up the pieces after he's supposedly saved the day and everybody's lived. Yeah. <laughs> They're there to sort of deal with the mess. And then the last one that we have is similar in an extent, which is in Lie of the Land. which is another instance where not necessarily time's been rewritten, but we've got this same sort of everybody else has forgotten and Bill and the Doctor remember. Do you want to talk a bit about that one? Yeah, so essentially they've also been living in this weird dystopian world where the monks have implanted themselves throughout history and made everyone believe that they've been there all along, like these kind of gods and Bill and the Doctor and other people go and try and uprise against it. And Bill ends up using the pure, uncorrupted image of her mum, yeah. who's died, to try to erase everything that's happened, basically, by, like, powering it through. The way they explain it in the show is, or well, I think the Doctor explains it as she's using the memory of her mum to show the people a window onto a world without the monks, yeah. and therefore exposing their lie and it leads to the monks erasing themselves. And I think the interesting part here is the conversation that Bill and the Doctor have at the very end. Yeah. And in that moment, Bill is saying, this is exciting, you know, humans have learned that we can overthrow dictators and things. And the Doctor's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, not quite. And they <laughs> consult this random student that's passing yeah. by. You, appalling hair. This thing that we're sitting on, what is it? Uh... We thought they were just, like, filming something here or something. Thank you. Very helpful. Now go away or something. You see, the monks have erased themselves. Humanity is doomed to never learn from its mistakes. Well, I guess that's part of our charm. 
and they've all just forgotten. Yeah. So it's not got the same negative repercussions in that no one is really left scarred by this apartment. No. Maybe Bill. But she seems okay about it. She does seem okay. She's been through worse. (laughs) She goes through worse later on. Yeah. I think the impact here is it's more, the doctor says, humanity's doomed never to learn from its mistakes. Mm. So it's kind of like, (laughs) I don't know what the takeaway is from this one. Again, it doesn't so much have a... Well, Bill does kind of take a bit of a stand in a similar way to she everybody does. at this moment, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Where she is like, I'm going to say goodbye, this is going to be our last conversation, I'm going to go do this to save everyone. Yeah. Bill, whatever you're planning, there's no need for this. Let me try again. You caught me unawares. Cup of tea, I'll get my second wind. Even your brain couldn't stand another roasting like that. So we'll find another way. Let me talk to Missy again. We have the answer, Doctor, please. I don't want our last conversation to be this. I don't want this to be our last conversation. Which is essentially her taking that be a doctor upon herself and trying to, you know, save everyone else. Yeah. So it's another instance of the companion yeah. being instrumental Which been in this. Many, hasn't there? Yeah, so I'm just looking at these now. How many of these have the companion in, do you think? How many of these is the companion responsible for the saving everybody? Um, the beast below. Yeah. The day of the doctor. Mm-hmm. Journey's end to an extent. To an extent. Fires, Fires of Pompeii, Pompeii, definitely. I guess that's... And then um, the life of land. Well, the last of the Time Lords, I mean, Martha was the one Martha that... Martha was the saved. one that did all the work. <laughs> yeah, she did all the work. The doctor got the credit. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's 50-50, doctor and companion. Yeah. And often, yeah, because in a lot of those situations, it's the companion, like, triggering him to be like, do yeah. this. And then the doctor carrying it out, like the day of the doctor and stuff, where it's like, Clara's like, no, this isn't you, you're the doctor. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to do my moment and save everyone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So often it'll be the doctor that gets the credit <laughs> when the companion yeah. is the one that <laughs> spurred at the moment. That's true. Yeah. That's kind of all the episodes. It is. We did want to make a point about the 13th Doctor. Yeah, we can't really think of any Everybody Lives moments in series 11 or 12 with the 13th Doctor. Yeah. We think the closest we can think of is maybe Rosa, Mm. which isn't so much an Everybody Lives moment in that no one was going to die. Yeah. The act of preserving the status quo and just making sure that everything carries on exactly as planned, that's where we get the uplifting positive moment from. But it's very different. It's a really, really moving moment. I really love that episode. But it's not so much an everybody lives moment in the sense of the others. No. So maybe... Maybe there should be more. I think there should be more. Because we love an Everybody Lives moment. They're some of the best moments, aren't they? When I look through that list, I'm like, these are absolutely amazing moments. They're amazing moments. They're some of the very best. They really are. I think it's important that they are used sparingly. You couldn't have Mm -hmm. them every single episode because then it wouldn't have the impact of just this once Everybody Lives. But at the same (laughs) time, Jodie has had two series. Yeah. Every so often you need that moment of joy of yes this, we did it we saved everyone just this once that should do it yeah and that would be a nice moment so hopefully series 13 
Yeah. There will be. That's what we want from you, Series 13. That would be great. Give us an Everybody Lives moment. Give us a day like today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Do you have any favourites of these ones? The original? Yeah. I absolutely adore that moment. It's such a highlight of Series 1. And also, The Day of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. I love really powerful stuff in those moments what about you yeah i i agree with you i think those ones i do love forest of the dead as well oh yeah so do i i love waters of mars but obviously it's so much darker it's not the same like no joyfulness but it is like a wow that was yeah. a cool episode but i think yeah i don't think you can beat the doctor dances no what a great moment genuinely yeah. one of the best of chris's moments i think i agree so basically i think we've established that an everybody lives moment is really integral to who the doctor is and Mm -hmm. that's why it keeps coming back because it's a way of demonstrating the doctor's character and his moral code yeah and it's just a great way to showcase that yeah very well put jazz I think you're completely right and I love those moments and want to see some more in the future. Definitely. So to round off our episode today, we thought we'd play a little game. We found this kind of quiz. Uh, It's from BuzzFeed and it's called 20 Doctor Who questions that are impossible to answer. It's essentially a would you rather We thought it would be fun to just talk through these and see what our answers would be. Yeah. Okay, so I've got it open here, so I'll be reading the questions and then we'll both discuss them. First one is a tough one. Okay. Would you rather travel with the 12th Doctor, the 11th Doctor, or the 10th Doctor? (laughs) Oh, that is tough. That is tough. Oh, I honestly, I think maybe I'd go for 10. I think maybe you'd have the most fun. Yeah. Well, you'd have a lot of fun with 11. You would have a lot of fun with 11, but 10 and 12 are kind of my favourite Doctors. Yeah, same. But 12, as much as I adore 12 and love to watch 12, I'm not sure I could handle the (laughs) grumpiness as well as like Clara and Bill can. I think 12 might be a bit scary if you got him towards the beginning of his run. Yeah, he'd be a bit snappy. He'd probably insult you a lot, yeah. <laughs> even if he doesn't mean it out of, in a bad way. Whereas 10 is very good with people. Mm-hmm. He has a sensitive side. He has a funny side. He would take you on very cool adventures. Yeah. I think I'd go for 10. Okay. I mean, 11 would also be great. But he would be good. I'm going for 10. Me too. And that is the same as 53%. Ooh. Oh, people. Only 9% want to travel with the 12th Doctor. Oh, poor 12. <laughs> I do love 12. I love 12 so much. Okay, the next one. I feel like we're both going to go for the same because one of these is Classic Who and we haven't seen it. I think this okay. quiz is mainly New Who, but this says, right. would you rather have an argument with the 12th Doctor or the 6th Doctor? So, yeah, we haven't seen any of the 6th Doctor. So, it has to <laughs> so I think we're going to have to go to 12. It would be fun to have an argument. Well, not an argument. It would be fun to have a little bicker with the 12th Doctor. Yeah. I don't think I'd win, but... No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Next one is, would you rather get slapped by Jackie Tyler 
by Francine Jones or by Sylvia Noble? Jackie Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> has to be Jackie, doesn't it? it has to be because I feel like Francine would actually like hurt you. <laughs> like she, I'd, as much as she's a cool mum, I feel like I'd be slightly scared. And Sylvia as well, actually. Whereas Jackie's a bit more playful. Yeah, <laughs> she's a bit less serious. I feel like she'd slap you in a more like oi slap. Yeah, and then you'd be like. <laughs> Um, I agree. So I'm going to go for Jackie. You'd probably get a funny little line to go with it as well. You would. You. you would. Okay, right. Next one. This is to do with the fates of three of the companions. Okay. So, would you rather get trapped on a parallel world, so like Rose, mm-hmm. have your memories wiped, like Donna, or get stuck in the past, like Amy? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, Trying to think here. I don't want my memories wiped. No. I think it depends on the context. Like, if you get stuck in yeah. the past with your friends and family, or at least somebody yeah. that you love, like... And am I in my parallel world with my friends and family mm. as well? Exactly. Is it a parallel world where they don't exist, or is it... I think I'm going to go for the parallel world. Yeah. I feel like it's the most similar to reality. Yeah, exactly. You can pretty much live your normal life. You're probably separated from the doctor. Yeah. But you're separated from the Doctor in all of these. Exactly. (laughs) So (laughs) I feel like I'm going for the parallel world. Oh, interesting. More people wanted to get stuck in the past. Interesting. But only just. I'm not sure I want to be in the past. No. Also depends when. Do you really want to go back to like the Dark Ages? Like if it's like the 1990s, I can handle that. (laughs) Yeah, I can handle the 90s. I'll just be like a (laughs) tiny bit older than I already am. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. This is about you hanging out with the companions. Okay. So would you rather go on a night out with Rose? Okay. Work alongside Martha, gossip with Donna, or go for an adventure with Amy? Oh. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I think I know. Do you? Well, I kind of think I would go for an adventure with Amy, even though... I guess you're going on an adventure. The others <laughs> yeah. are like just doing boring life things. The thing is, nights out, it depends what it is. I don't really like going to clubs. We're not really into clubbing. No. I'd happily go to a bar with Rose. Yeah, I'd go into a bar. I don't work in the medical field, so I'm not really going to work alongside Martha. It would be nice because I'm assuming in this, you're working with her like every day. She's your co-worker. So you always get to see her. That's true. Actually, I might go for that one because in this fictional world, Martha could work in a school with me you know yeah exactly and she could just be like your best friend yeah and I think she'd be probably the one I'd most likely be friends with yeah honestly same and and gossip with Donna would be fun but (laughs) I feel like I don't think she'd like me I think she'd find me a bit boring (laughs) I don't think I'd live up to her um, (laughs) her like sassy (laughs) comments me too yeah okay so I'm going for Martha yeah let's do that oh that's the least popular option oh I I like that one. Okay. Oh, right. Would you rather... Two of these options relate to moments we've just discussed. Interesting. So, would you rather be frozen on Gallifrey, Mm -hmm. like in the Day of the Doctor, be immortal, like a shilder, or be trapped on a Dalek spaceship and the picture of this, this is um, Bad Wolf parting of the ways. Yeah, why would you pick... Traps on a Dalek spaceship <laughs> <laughs> out of those. <laughs> I would not pick that one. 
I think I maybe maybe I'll just be immortal. Like yeah. Jack's immortal and he dies eventually as the face of Bo. Maybe I'll just turn into the face of Bo. Yeah, because I don't really know anyone on Gallifrey and the Time Lords seem a bit up for the themselves. The Time Lords aren't very nice. No. <laughs> like I don't think I want to hang out with them. Well, especially what we know about the timeless child. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Okay. I'll just I'll I'll stick with my mortality. Yeah. I'll I'll go find Jack. We'll live together and just yeah. be immortal. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, this one is an absolute no-brainer. I don't know why okay. it's on here. It's from the family of blood. Right. Would you rather save Martha or save Joan? Who's going to save Joan? <laughs> you have to save Martha. She's <laughs> our nice companion. As nice Joan is, who on earth would sacrifice <laughs> Martha for Joan? <laughs> I don't know. So Martha it is. Easy one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, oh, this is a marriage question. Okay. Would you rather marry the 11th Doctor, Okay. marry Captain Jack, or okay. marry Rory? Oh. Um, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think I'll marry the 11th Doctor. Yeah. He'll take me on cool adventures. Yeah. I think Jack is a bit much to yeah, marry. Yeah, <laughs> I think Jack is out of the realm of normal. I know the Doctor yeah. is too, but Jack is but like... But like, Jack would just be like, so tiring. <laughs> to like, yeah. talk to all the time. As much as he'd be a nice <laughs> friend, I don't think I could handle him every day all the time. Yeah. Um, and Rory, he's a bit... He's a little bit boring. He's not boring, yeah. but... He's a nice guy. Yeah. But like... If you've got Rory or the Doctor. Exactly. I'm going for I guess the that's, that's Amy's choice, but she chooses Ooh. Rory. So in this scenario, you're either Amy or River. Or I guess yeah. Yanto, although they don't get married, but... No, I'll probably answer. I know. Rip. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's yeah. marry the 11th Doctor then. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Oh, most people wanted to marry Rory. Wow. Ah, very interesting. Okay, right. Would you rather... Now you're dating people. Okay. Would you rather date Sarah Jane, date Amy, date Clara, or date River Song? Clara. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like River is too much. Just like Jack. Yeah, a bit like Jack. Too much. (laughs) Couldn't handle her all the time. Amy Um, is also a bit more wild. Yeah. Whereas Clara, you could, like, settle down. Yeah. Sarah Jane is just a bit old. Yeah, a bit old for us. Yeah. So yeah, let's go for Clara. I would like to live with Clara. Yeah, and then that makes us Danny Pink, and we like Danny Pink. (laughs) We like Danny Pink. I don't know if we want to be Danny Pink. No, maybe not. Okay. Ooh, okay, this one. Would you rather kill Davros as a child? Okay. Or let him live and face the consequences? Well, I think we learned from the episode we're supposed to let him live and face the consequences. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we are. I think that's what we have to do. We do, because the Doctor saves people. We watched that people. episode for a reason. Mm. The Doctor saves people. We're supposed to teach him the importance of mercy. And then <laughs> <laughs> I <Yeah>. think. <laughs> okay. Right. Next one. This is fun. It's <laughs> fun. This one is partly New Who. Okay. Would you rather be trapped in a room with Missy, be trapped in the room with a Cyberman head? This is a picture of Amy, but I don't know what episode it's from. When does she have a Cyberman it's head? It's in the Pandorica episode. Ah, okay, right. Or 
be trapped in a room with the Rani, but that's from Classic Who. I would definitely pick Missy. But she's terrifying. But Missy's cool, and she grows <laughs> to be nice. Why would, you, she... why would you pick a Cyberman head over Missy? <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah, that's true, okay. Because you could teach Missy the importance of kindness and stuff. <laughs> you could. <laughs> and you could have a little sing-along to, yeah, hey, exactly. Missy, you're so fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Oh, okay, this one. Would you rather live on Gallifrey, mm-hmm. live in Ledworth, or live on okay. New Earth? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> None of those sound particularly appealing to me. No, I don't really want to live on New Earth because of the hospital. Yeah. Gallifrey also... We've already established we don't want to be trapped on Gallifrey. <laughs> exactly. So I guess that leaves Ledworth. I mean, it was very... We've been there. <laughs> We've been there, yeah. It was nice. It Close was nice. Cardiff in, in real life. <laughs> so yeah. you can always pop into Cardiff. Okay, Ledworth. Yeah, sure. Oh, most people want to live on Gallifrey. Oh, I'm not sure about Gallifrey. Okay. Ah, okay, so this is from the episode Amy's Choice. Okay. So would you rather choose to be in the dead TARDIS? I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, where it's freezing cold. Or would you choose to be trapped in a village under siege by the old people? Well, we're going to die in both of these situations. Yeah. <laughs> would you rather freeze to death or be killed by an old person? Killed by an old person, I think. Yeah, let's take the old person. Because the freezing to death <laughs> is slow and painful. Yeah, whereas an old person just like breathes on you with that green stuff. And just <laughs> yeah. So that would be good. Ah, okay, this is a nice one. Yeah. A historical one. Okay. Would you rather meet Charles Dickens, Agatha Christie, William Shakespeare, Winston Churchill, Queen Victoria, or Vincent Van Gogh? Well, that was a long list. I can't remember what was said. Can you read it out again? <laughs> there were six of them. So okay. you've got Dickens, Christie, mm. Shakespeare, Churchill, Queen Victoria, or Van Gogh? Um, maybe Agatha Christie? Yeah, I like... She seemed fun in the episode. Yeah, I don't know what she's like in real life, but I like murder mysteries. Whereas I'm not a massive Dickens fan. Like, I've read, like, Oliver Twist, <laughs> Christmas Carol. Yeah. But, like, you know, I'm not, like, as... I feel like I would enjoy, maybe, discussing a mystery. Yeah. And also, Agatha Christie is the most modern of all of them. Yeah. So she's probably She'll the She'll be a bit more up-to-date with progressive. us. Progressive. Yeah, true. And then I don't really want to chat to Churchill. Or Victoria. Or Victoria. And Van Gogh is just very He's tortured. He's a very troubled man. Mm. I don't want to, like, make him worse by accident. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> Agatha Christie. And yeah. another pro about Agatha Christie is you get to wear really cool clothes. Exactly, a cool flapper dress. Yeah. That'd be good. Okay. Right. Oh, would you rather be converted into a Cyberman... Or turned into a human Dalek, like Dalek Sec hybrid. Um, I think I'd rather be Dalek Sec hybrid because <laughs> we, we quite like Dalek Sec hybrid for some reason. We do, we do. I feel like if you're Dalek Sec hybrid, you can like start a bit of a revolution and like yeah. come together of new two species. Whereas you get converted into Cybermen, you lose all your emotions and stuff. Yeah. Whereas as Dalek Sec hybrid, he kind of you're a bit more human still. Yeah. Yeah. He's quite moved by some of the doctors human traits yeah whereas like the cyberman is just tragic for both danny pink and bill 
Exactly. It's awful. It's awful. So I don't want to be that. Dalek sec. Yep. Sounds good. More people <laughs> want to be a Cyberman. Wow. What earth? Like people, I don't think people know as much no. about Dalek sec hybrid as us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Next one. Yeah. Would you rather be the Absorbaloff for six months or a Dalek for a year? <laughs> I think I'll be the Absorbaloff really? for six months. Well, yeah, because the Absorbaloff, he can like function in normal society. Yeah. Like that's he has true. like a regular skin. I don't know. I don't know what he actually does. I don't know. To what look he like does a normal either. human. Whether he has like a skin suit. But like he looks normal. So you don't, you don't have to absorb people. Yeah. Do you? I would just do that. Whereas yeah. a Dalek, I don't really want to be a Dalek. No, that's true. I think I'm just put off by this gross picture of the Absorbaloff. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to look like Peter Kay as the Absorbaloff. <laughs> like, you can be your own Absorbaloff. <laughs> just picture you, that's but green. True. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. I think we've just okay. got two more. Okay, I'm enjoying these. It's really fun. Yeah, they are fun. Okay. Would you rather be the first Doctor... The second doctor, the third doctor, the fourth doctor, the fifth doctor, the sixth doctor, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, or twelfth. So I get to actually be yeah, one of them. be the doctor. <sighs> Who do I want to be? Because if I be them, am I no longer myself? Do I adopt all of their traits? I guess, yeah. Okay, so do I want to be? I think I might be the eleventh doctor. Okay, can I pick thirteen? Oh, yeah, she's not on there, but let's go for 13. Yeah, you're right. I guess this quiz was made before 13. Probably. Yeah. Oh, I love 13. I probably am most similar to 13 of the doctors. Yeah, me too. So let's go for her. Good shout, Jazz. I was going to choose the wrong option. 13. (laughs) Okay, and then the last one is, would you rather be the doctor or be the companion? The companion. Yeah, I think being the Doctor is a big burden. Yeah, and you're kind of stuck for life as the Doctor, whereas a companion you can, like, dip out if you don't want to stay forever. And although some of the companions have terrible fates, not all of them do. not all of them. You can be a Martha. Or you could be a Graham and Ryan. True. Graham and Ryan had the best exit. Yeah, they really did. They were completely fine. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I want to be the companion as long as I can have a Graham Ryan exit. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> Sounds good. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That was so that was much really fun. fun. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're going to try and do a fun quiz or game or something at the end of every episode. Yeah. Just because it's fun for us. It is fun for us. <laughs> Whether it's fun to other people. I <laughs> time will tell yes all right so that brings us to the end of our episode we hope you enjoyed listening to our discussion about the everybody lives moments and then hope you had a bit of fun with our would you rather quiz yeah find us on instagram at listen underscore pod or email us at listen doctor who pod at gmail.com Let us know what you think. Let us know any ideas you have for future episodes. We'd love to hear from anyone. We really would. Please do join us next week for another fun Doctor Who discussion. Thank you for taking the time to listen to listen. Listen.